0: thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners around the world to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Podesh, and today I'm in Israel, Tel Aviv, and I'm joined with my co-host and friend Liz Felstern in Jerusalem. Liz, how are you?
1: I'm good, Alan, and uh, I can sense how much closer we are today. Uh, geographically than when we normally
0: record. I know know we're only about 45 minutes apart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, It could be three hours by the time one gets to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. But I'm in uh, Tel Aviv right now for a couple of days, and I'll be in Jerusalem uh, tomorrow uh, for a couple of days. I'm here for uh, some meetings with the uh, Jewish Federations of North America and I just want to share with you a little bit of what I'm experiencing. But before I get into that, I want to share with people that we're recording today on yom which is Israel's Memorial Day for fallen soldiers and victims of terror. Uh, and we talked a couple of weeks ago about some of the recent uh, terror attacks, especially the the um, tragic killing of three members of the D family uh, that took place uh, during Pesach. Uh, and the father uh, spoke at uh, the main ceremony the other day, or last night. I did not see it, but uh, he gave a very heartfelt speech. Uh, so a quick question to you. What's Yoma Zikron like for you?
1: So we generally, uh, and this year included, watch the national ceremony the ceremony in the evening, which starts Yomazikaron, takes place at the Kotel at the Western Wall, um, and is always a, a very moving ceremony that um, sort of spans that space of hearing the stories, I think, of all the different types of people that uh, are memorialized on Yomazikaron from soldiers starting from even before the creation of the state in 1948 up until much more recent times victims of terror Jews non-jews um, and uh, so we we watched that ceremony of course there's the siren which starts at Yom Zikon in the evening and the sirens repeated again during the day
0: and I have the to, I'm going to interrupt you for a second because the sirens are something that I think brings the whole country together for the time period that it's blurring. So last night, you mentioned last night, the siren uh, was at eight o'clock and it lasted for a minute. But the whole country uh, comes to a standstill for that minute, the night, in the evening. And then today at 11 o'clock in the morning, again, the sirens went off for two minutes and amy and i were walking uh through tel aviv and to just see everybody standing still for two minutes people getting out of their cars it's just a very emotional uh, experience to see that and it's something that from the time that i lived here i've always valued that uh, that moment the sound of the sirens
1: yeah it's very moving and the truth is that experience that you're describing of seeing people stopped on the street and cars stopped on the street is actually something that if I I think in all of my uh, 19 years in Israel, minus a few in Omaha, um, I don't think I've ever been on the street, I guess, because I've always, you know, worked in settings that had formal ceremonies or was teaching or in school or something. Uh, I've always been like, at a ceremony where everybody was clearly going to stand, you know, during the siren and the experience of being out on the street and people, even without the planning or the crowd around them, that's necessarily going to do the same thing. And yet still everybody does the same thing. Um, I know is very meaningful. So it's cool that you did that. And even though I've never done that.
0: So I remember going back in time in the 80s when I was living here, the very first time I experienced it on the street, I was actually in a bus and the bus stopped and everybody got out of the bus and stood by the bus uh, until the siren was over. Uh, And I remember looking out at the street and seeing just a mixture of people stopped and standing in in silence, Uh, you know, women with the the head covering, the hijab. Uh, you know, so all, all types of people that live in Israel at that time would stop and uh, honor the siren. And so that for me, that was moving. And again, this is my first time being back in Israel during Yom Ha'zikaron. And then tonight, just to conclude the ceremonial aspects of it, we transition into Yom Ha'atzma'ut, and there, go, you go from this solemn to this festive uh, period. And I'm looking forward to that. We have a, a gathering for a bunch of people tonight on the beach.
1: Wow. Yeah. It is a unique transition that going from Yomadiko on to Yomatmo. Um and one that every year, every year I see it and every year I think, you know, how do we do it? How do we go from so um, sad and and low and profound to so happy and profound. Um but we do.
0: It's the one of the unique features of Israel as a country. And I was thinking today as we were standing on actually Ben Yehuda Street in Tel Aviv. We could talk about Ben Huda at another time, but uh, he's the one who brought Hebrew back to modern Israel uh in the twenties. Um was the idea that this country with a population of just under 10 million people and a very, very small piece of land has the opportunity to bond uh, over a siren that brings people together. Uh, and so to stand side by side with somebody you don't know on the street for two minutes, it, it's its quite inspiring. Uh, I have to talk a little bit about um, an experience I had this week. I've asked you questions over and over again about the protests or the rallies that you've been experiencing uh, over the past several months, uh, in a sense, in Jerusalem. Well, I had an opportunity on Saturday night, uh, after we just got here, to uh, experience the rally. I would call more a rally than a demonstration in Tel Aviv uh, along Kaplan Street. Uh, the number of people here estimated over 110,000 people. I've never been in a crowd except for the University of Nebraska football game with 80,000 people, to be, to be on a street, you know, with uh, over 100,000 people, uh, all pretty much with the same idea in mind of to advocate and to promote Israel as a democratic country. The current politics in Israel, as we've talked about, are challenging. Uh, and there's this pause of time from when, you know, Passover started until next week that the government really hasn't been in session in this pause to uh, reflect on what's going on with the judicial reform and other issues. And to see on the streets, you know, the posters and the signs and people chanting and talking and doing all sorts of things on behalf of Israel and the democratic values that exist, it's inspiring. Uh, you can't, I do not feel as though there's tension within that crowd, um, Um, But you can see the the support that people have towards each other in this situation. And I think that, Liz, you've you've talked about before the diversity of people at the rallies in Jerusalem. I also saw the diversity of people, you know, the different smaller uh, political movements advocating for their cause or their causes. Um, But everybody, pretty much everybody was carrying an Israeli flag uh, and proudly. Uh, walking and you know, sharing with each other the beauty of what Israel has been as a struggling democratic country uh, without a constitution, but with a clear declaration of independence in respecting minorities and people with different values. And I know that's part of the challenge that exists with this new um, move by the right-wing government. So we'll have to see what happens over the course of time. Tonight, again, is Yomas Wood and there's another large rally being planned on, on Kaplan Street again. Uh, I'm not sure I'll make it, uh, because I have the other, other celebrations to attend. I I will share with you one thing, and I don't mean to be rambling on, but as we were leaving the rally, we walked on a side street, uh, and there's a a window open on a, a an apartment building with the lights on and a person playing the guitar, the piano playing uh, old Israeli music. And down below on the street uh, were thousands of people, probably two, 3000 people listening to him play the piano and singing along uh, with the words that he's playing on the piano. And that was more moving for me. Than the actual rally with all these people to to see this unified group of people still with their flags, still with their posters, still, you know, chanting, um, you know, uh, the the key positions that they have. But here above is a person who is dedicated. I understand he does this every Saturday night after the rallies, just playing over and over again, every historical, uh, current modern Israeli music that uh, people know very powerful.
1: I'm glad that you had such a positive experience at the rally and also saw it as, you know, peaceful. Um, maybe it validates a little bit my having brought children there. I feel like uh, you looked or listened a little askance when I <laughs> said I was bringing kids. But now maybe you see that the yeah. feeling there is certainly one that's, you know, safe and common, and look, because it is, as you described, very much a rally and perhaps less so, you know, a, a protest in the sense that there isn't in the very same physical space a visible counter protest or other side, it does make for a different dynamic and a different feel. So the, so the rallies have had, as you described, this very, you know, unified um, feeling and sentiment to them.
0: And you're right about the ages. We saw people from, you know, babies to, you know, very elderly people pushing their walkers or in their wheelchairs uh, attending and carrying their flags. It, and to me, that was more of the, the beauty of the gathering of people, of all walking the streets with their flags, demonstrating how important Israel is to them as a country, you know, I, I've covered um, in my work, I've covered neo-Nazi rallies. I've walked down the streets during Paris protests. And each time um, I've been in a different demonstration, I've always felt a sense of violence and um, aggressiveness. I didn't see that at all with this rally in Tel Aviv. And I'll also share with you, when I walked through the streets of Paris several years ago during the Yellow Vest uh, demonstrations, most storefronts had their windows covered with wood uh, mm-hmm. and um, you know then there was graffiti on the woods there there were no broken windows uh, along any of the streets that we walked down there was no destruction of of property uh, and I, to me that that accents the uh, the general feeling that this is not a about a, uh, a takeover. This is about an expression of why Israel important to these individuals as well as it's important to us.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, I think it's an important point that you're making. And I hope that we will see that um, that peaceful protest is as effective as any other form of protest. Right.
0: We We have seen some more protests uh, in the work that i'm doing here this week uh you know uh groups uh kind of demonstrating their continued support for a democratic israel in front of all of our meetings uh, and there was a little bit of a confrontation i was not added i was at a different meeting um, the other day where one of the authors of the judicial reform was invited to present a position uh, on a panel and uh people in the audience uh, started challenging him and it became a little unruly and those, those demonstrators were asked to leave. Uh, but you do see a, a sense of the challenge that exists here in this country, that there are people that support what is being put forward. And uh, in my opinion, a larger group that I'm seeing uh, opposed to this shift in the direction the country is going. Are you seeing that also in in your workplace or in your community?
1: So obviously for both of us, it's a little hard to surmise from the, you know, the anecdotal and the small bubbles that we see to the wider trends in the country. I do think that it is. I am certainly reasonable to assume that the number of people who are not in favor of judicial reform in its current format is larger than the number of people that, that are right. Because uh, I think, you know, we're going to, I mean, I'm going to make sweeping generalizations here, right. But all of the people who uh, did not vote, let's say for the, for the current government do not support the reforms in their current state. And A growing number of people who did vote for this government also do not support them. So I think we know that it's more than 50 percent of the country, but it's hard to know how much that matters or or will matter if we have an elected, right, a democratically elected government that that has the right to rule and has to make decisions about to what extent they're going to listen to public opinion and let that shape uh, their decision making. And so that's exactly, I think, the purpose of the of the rallies or protests or whatever we're calling them um, to right, to make that voice heard and to try. I think the attempt is to make public sentiment so clear that the government does feel obligated to reconsider um, and and amend the changes that it's trying to push forward.
0: I agree. I, I will share with you that one of the meetings that I attended this week was with some tech, high-tech uh, individuals, owners of businesses, and people who are uh, economists, and looking at the impact that this is having globally uh, with the amount of of investment that has been coming into Israel over the years, they're starting to see that that is slowing down a little bit. Now, it could be slowing down because of just the general world economy, uh, but they feel that the power that the tech industry has had in Israel over the years has been one of the shining lights of Israel. And they're concerned that this reform will impact the growth that the tech industries have had in Israel. So that's a stay tuned kind of comment. Uh, let's hope that it doesn't uh, impact it as much as it, it could. But the fact that the tech entrepreneurs who have really built Israel over the past twenty years? This is the startup nation, in terms of the the nomenclature that is used of describing Israel. But they fear that the the lack of stability with the government is sometimes more threatening than rockets that might be fa- falling uh, in Israel.
1: I I'd say along those lines that this type of I am. Um, you know, challenge or threat to the status quo in Israel is a different type that we've had than we've had in the past. We know how the economy tends to react when we have a, a war going on, or you know, um, terrorist attacks going on in the country. But how the economy reacts when you have sort of a, a very dramatic civil rift and four months of ongoing protests. We don't know how the economy reacts because we've never had that before. Uh, It really is uh, historic and unique. And I think we can all imagine how it certainly could have very significant impact on the economy and and on so many other issues, right? Judicial reform in and of itself touches on many facets of life from civil liberties to education system, et cetera, et cetera. And the, um, the outcomes of the uh, protests to that that judicial reform also have their significant impacts. What it means for the fabric of Israeli society and that unity that you described um, and economic and, and et cetera.
0: Yeah, so as you said, we'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. Um, wait and see, meaning Yomazik Ron is coming to a close. And tonight will mark Yomat's Mood. So how will you be celebrating Yomat's Mood? And before you answer that, are there any special foods that uh, you consume on Yomat's Mood?
1: So uh, against my will, I will be camping in celebration of Yom It's a very Israeli thing to do in general for all sort of Israeli holidays to want to walk the land, be on the land, enjoy nature. Also in a country where you have a lot of people with limited means, I guess camping is a cost-effective way to travel with a family. Um, but uh, And it's, it's not usually my favorite type of it leisure activity, but I've been outvoted by my children and nieces and nephews, and therefore uh, we will be camping. Uh, Food-wise, I think that the most common Yomatsmo food is barbecuing in its many forms. Um, and beyond that, I'm trying to think if there's any special Yomatsma'ut foods, um, I guess anything that you can stick a toothpick with a little Israeli flag in, that also counts. Um, yeah, but we don't have any particular foods connected to our family. We, In the past, I guess now seven years, our Yomatsma'ut celebration has also included a birthday cake. Because our youngest was born on uh, on Yom HaSmod, so that's his Hebrew birthday. So that now gets molded into our celebrations.
0: That's amazing. I forgot that he was born on the fifth of ER.
1: We were actually at it, it, a concert, yeah. a Yom HaSmod concert, at the together yep, at yep. the Jewish Federation of Omaha throughout the whole concert i was <laughs> gritting my teeth and ripping the arms of my chair as my husband kept asking are you sure you don't want to go to the hospital are you sure you don't want to go to the hospital and i said no it's gonna stop it's too early i'm not ready mm. to get three weeks early but he was right and i was wrong and
0: <laughs> and the dog was born had
1: a baby.
0: that's good that's beautiful I, I forgot about that connection. Uh, before we go, I just want to share with you that I will be trying to observe or celebrate Yom Hatsmud in three different cities, starting in Tel Aviv, and then um, I'm going to go to Nitzana in the Negev, and then concluding in Jerusalem. So that'll be my first time in history to be able to observe, celebrate Yom Hatsmud in three different uh, communities.
1: Is Nitzana the community where you were the last time you were in Israel and met with the mayor?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, in Ramad HaNegev is one of the areas that we fund through our allocations process. And I bumped in, I didn't bump in, I had a meeting with the mayor the other day, and he said, Alan, we'd love to have you come to Nitzana for our Yom celebration. I said, I'd love to, but uh, we're going to, you know, we're leaving Tel Aviv and we're going to go celebrate in Jerusalem. And so for the past two days, he has been figuring out a way to get us down to Nitzana. So He I somehow ended.
1: managed to convince you that Ramat <laughs> is on the way from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, huh?
0: I, he, he said, take it, take the train to Bersheva and we'll pick up in Bershava." I said, I can't really do that because I have our luggage and we're, we're leaving Tel Aviv. We're going to check into our hotel into Jerusalem. And then he says, okay, take, I'll take a." take the train from Jerusalem to Beersheba and up begin I said, hey, it's, we're not going to get there much before four o'clock. I said, so what time are you celebrating in Nidsana? He says, at 1.30. And I said, well, we're going to plan to leave Tel Aviv around 11.30 uh, mm-hmm. and we'll see if we can make it. He says, well, I'll see if we can bring it, uh, have a car come and pick you up. So I will report next time we talk how, um, how I experienced the uh, Nitsana Nitsana Yomazwood experience. Uh, I was there over the summer. It's a beautiful little community, and he gave me the warning. He said, "Don't, don't think of it as a big city celebration. It's a small town." I said, "It's a small community, and it'll be perfect." Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. And I, th- uh, any final words before we conclude?
1: Well, just I think that would be great to be able afterwards to compare and contrast how you know, Israel's Independence Day felt in three different parts of Israel. We'll see if they, everybody does it the same way. Maybe you'll learn about new Yom Ha'at foods if you're uh, seeing so much territory.
0: Well, I know tonight is the barbecue, so that's one. And tomorrow, mm-hmm. tomorrow midday will be kind of the military flyover with all the jets along the Mediterranean coast. So I'm looking forward to that. And I have no idea what's going to take place in Netanya. So, I will share that with you the next time we talk, uh, which hopefully will be. It won't be this Sunday because we'll be flying back, but uh, uh, next Sunday, after everybody resumes their their normal lives after Pesach and the Yom's.
1: Well, I'll be looking forward to it, and uh, very excited to have you here in Israel, and hope that the rest of your travels go smoothly and are as inspiring as the days that you've described to us so far.
0: Well, thank you. And enjoy your camping experience. (laughs) I will try. Uh, And thank you all for listening. This has been Israel Rebound, this time from Israel. This is the second time that we've been able to record together from Israel. Looking forward to more opportunities. And again, thank you all for listening.